creative journey It's easy to get lost But don't worry, you'll lift off Sometimes you just need a creative pep talk Hey, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. Pizza. What do you do when nobody is asking you to do anything? <laughs> what do you do when no one's knocking at your door? May uh, You're not in high demand. The emails aren't coming through. Nobody seems to be interested in your time. What do you do in those spaces? What... I do often at first is panic. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a vulnerable space to be in when nobody is asking you for anything. And creatively, that can be a scary place. And if we're not careful, it can be a kind of barren place. And it's not a bad thing in those moments to rest or to reflect or to chill or even to react however you feel is natural. But when you find your, yourself in that place of being not in demand, Maybe the economy's bad. Maybe, you, you know, you've run the course of a particular trend or style or, you know, season of your creative practice. And you find yourself in a place where things are slow and quiet. What do you do in those seasons? If you are finding yourself in a space like that right now, this episode is for you because I want to share how those seasons have been the most powerful, formative seasons of my creative practice as long as you handle them in a particular way. That's what we're gonna talk about in this episode. Let's go. When I look back on my own creative journey, uh, I've gone through a bunch of different slow times and quiet times in my practice. And I can see that those times were either the worst, most painful, wasted seasons, or they were the exact opposite. They were the best, most essential, pivotal creative seasons in my journey. And the difference didn't come down to the economy or the circumstance that I was in. It came down to how I handled them and how I saw them. And so I want to share three things that helped me transform the slow times into the best times of my creative practice. And if you stay to the end, I will share something that you can actively do that has made all the difference in my creative journey It is the most essential thing that I have done creatively. And it's something that I've always done in slow times. And so there's a real opportunity there. The first thing that you have to do is you have to see the gift and the opportunity that is the slow time or the quiet time. Let me explain what I mean. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. It feels fantastic to be in high demand. The times in my creative practice when People have been busting down my doors to work with me and collaborate with me creatively have been some of the most fun creative seasons of my practice, but I wouldn't say that they are the most creative seasons of my practice. 
And this episode is diving into why that is. Now, I think most of us would like to be in high demand creatively because we need big creative opportunities to have a thriving creative practice. But no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, it's not in your control. You can't always be in high demand either because you're creatively exhausted and have nothing else to give. Your cup isn't full, so to speak, or because the world's isn't. The world doesn't have anything to give. The world is in a resting season. That's a natural thing. There's always a winter and a summer and a give and a take and a a flow and a stillness. There's always going to be that seasonal pulse of the universe and the universe within you. Like you're a system that needs both of those things. So you can't always be in high demand, right? And that sucks. Wrong. I don't think it actually sucks. There are always going to be times when no matter what you do, you are in low demand. And I want to present the good side, the silver lining, or even why maybe that is a good thing. Because ultimately, the most creative opportunity that you can have is freedom, is free time. It is, it is the time when no one is demanding anything of you, when your creative practice is not being interrupted by knocks at the door, incessant knocking. There is no better creative scenario or creative opportunity than absolutely nothing going on. It reminds me of, I can't, I tried to find this And if anybody knows where this is, let me know. Send me a note so I can put it in the show notes. But I can't find who said this. I know it was like a scientist or a mathematician. Uh, It might have been to do with Cal Newport. He has a book about deep work. Um, And so it feels like it could be something uh, in his stratosphere. But I don't think it was him. And it was about this uh, person who more or less in their like 30s or 40s retired from email almost completely. And their reasoning behind that was that email is this incredible tool to stay on top of things. And that's great if your job is to stay on top of things. That's what this person said. But as a researcher, his job is to get to the bottom of things. And that is your job as a creator. When things are coming at you, you have no choice in some scenarios, if you've agreed to it, uh, to stay on top of those things. But when those things are not coming at you, it's time to get to the bottom of things. It's time to use that space and use that gift to look inside, to create with intention, with new intention, when the flow has stopped, it's time to create your own waves. Now, I've mentioned on this show a few times that my mom is kind of a quintessential artist uh, struggling. She she, She struggled a lot through her life with 
uh, addiction and um, work and family and all kinds of things. But that's where I get my creative side. And my dad is actually a pretty typical business person. Now, it's not a complete surprise that they didn't stay together very long, but they stayed together long enough to have me and my older brother. Um, That was about all they they accomplished. But um, my dad works in a typical business environment and has done my whole life. And he is just very in tune with the economy. And so about six to eight months ago, he told me that their company felt like, um, and this was kind of the buzz in the business world, that there was going to become, there was going to come a slowing down of the economy in the new year. And when he told me that, I thought, okay, this moment, this knowledge is a gift because what I can do is I can kind of sit in this truth of there's a slower time coming. And the first thing it did for me was I, it gave me some relief because I was in one of the busiest seasons of my life. I had so many demands creatively put on me and there were a bunch of opportunities that I really didn't want to say no to. And I was really thinking like, do I need to just say no to some of these things? Because just because I'm just that busy and not because they're bad opportunities or not because they feel wrong, like they didn't feel wrong. They felt right. And that knowledge that the slow time was coming, it allowed me to get through the demanding times. And so if you find yourself in a place where you are so in demand that it's a burden, I'm not telling you that you shouldn't at times turn down some of those opportunities to stay sane. There's a, there is a boundary there that's worth holding up, but it's important to me in the times where I'm too busy to remember that it's not always like this. And that when I really push myself and make the most of those times, it's usually a really good balance to the slow times that come afterwards. Now, it's up to you to discern what is too much and what goes beyond pushing yourself to hurting yourself. Those are, those are you know, those are things that you'll have to figure out on your own and what you're capable of and comfortable with. But knowing that, knowing that slow times were coming helped me get through the times that were more intense or felt a little bit too intense. But the other thing it did was it gave me the foresight to send a message to future me from that moment that said, when the slow time comes, take it as a gift, not just as a rest period, but also as a creative period to work on the things that you have been neglecting and dreaming about working on, the free time that you have been desperate for, that you have been begging for. When it comes, don't see it as a curse. See it as a gift because there is no opportunity like free, quiet time. And so when things did in the new year slow down a little bit, I was tempted to do what I always do in those moments and what most creative people do in panic. And I'm sure that uh, there was some of that and I tried to make a little space for that. But ultimately, what I tried to do was remember that this is the 
biggest creative opportunity there is to set an intention, to start a new course, to try new things, to get in touch and get to the bottom of what is going on within me and how can I turn that into my next chapter. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Ushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new Fluid Engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it, got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site. Anyway, go check it out, anyjpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. Okay, the second thing to do to take advantage of the slow times is to not allow them to be the slow times and set your own tempo. You are in charge of the tempo, of your pace, of the work that you do. Like I said earlier, there's no, there are times when the slow times need to be slow. Maybe that's what you need. Maybe you setting your own tempo means saying, yes, I have been too busy. I have enough to survive this slow time without making it a busy time, and I'm going to slow down. I'm going to choose the tempo in which I take this season. But the opposite is true as well. When the world slows down, when the work isn't coming at you, it doesn't mean that that has to be your personal slowest season because Work is something you can do without anyone's permission. And I want to highlight a few things that have helped me think about this. One is I saw SAG, the Screen uh, Actors Guild, 
shared this clip of Jason Siegel. Anyone that knows me knows I'm a pretty big Jason Siegel fan. I love the show Shrinking. I loved his movie Sarah Marshall. If I see Van Helsing, I swear to the Lord I will slay you. <laughs> Five-year engagement. Loved him on Freaks and Geeks. Just, just a big fan of his creative energy. Uh, and he's very generative as a creator. He writes a lot of material. And he's written books and, and all that kind of thing. And he learned that from Judd Apatow on the show Freaks and Geeks. And Judd told all of them, don't wait around for roles to be given to you. Write your own roles. Now, as a creator myself, as a very abstract, imaginary, right-brained, leaning ADHD creator, there's a way in which I can imagine being sat there by Judd Apatow and being told, you need to write your own roles and being very overwhelmed because grammar doesn't come natural to me. Sentence structure and flow and uh, outlines don't come natural to me. Like those things are things for people who just have a lot more clarity of thought, right? Like people that excelled in English class when it comes to um, conjugating verbs and, and gerunds and everything in between. Like I was never good at that. Words always came out of my mouth backwards. So I can imagine when Judd told me that, that which he did in Spotify, but if he did, I can imagine just feeling like, well, that's not advice for me. But I want to challenge you, if you feel like someone who is unable to write your own roles creatively, and I am speaking to directors, writers, poets, illustrators, designers, whatever, you are all able to generate your own material in the slow times. Now, on step number three of this episode, I want to give you a prompt that is ultra simple on how to do this, even if you feel like you have no business writing, stringing together multiple words in a sentence, I'm going to give you a prompt that doesn't even require that to generate your own material. But I want to highlight Jason Siegel talking about how when things were slow, when he wasn't getting auditions or he wasn't winning auditions and actually winning roles, he would put a suit on to write in his own house. And he would give himself this brief and this work. He'd give himself his own work. Your, the, the world's slow times can be your busiest seasons if you will see them as a gift to generate your own material, to tap into your own unconscious material and your own problems and get to the bottom of them creatively. And for me personally, the slow times are the things that have produced the indie rock coloring book that started my career, the nod project that led to book projects later on down the road, the dream journal I created and pitched to a publisher that turned into other picture books about dreams and editorial illustration jobs about dreams and a whole other aspect of my style. There have been moments even on vacation where for fun, I created something on an off day, you know, where we didn't have anything planned that turned into multiple projects. And so in those moments where things are slow and things are quiet, those are the biggest creative opportunity to do the deep work that leads to the biggest creative breakthroughs if 
That is how you choose to use these times. And it's going to require some mental gymnastics in order to get there. That might mean putting on a suit or putting on pants at least and putting on shoes. You know, I've heard a lot in the ADHD community around how for them, they need to put shoes on to get any work done. That has always been true for me. And I did that before anybody ever told me, I realized like I can't even do any housework without some indoor house shoes because there's something about how it switches on my brain to like, I'm doing stuff now. And so maybe for you in order to be self-generative, in order to write your own material, you're going to have to figure out what mental gymnastics are going to help you do the work. But there have been times in these slow periods where I got so generative, so uh, busy working on my own things that when projects started coming through the door, I was actually annoyed by them because they were getting in the way of all the work that needed to be done on the stuff that I was doing for myself. And what I would recommend to you is to see this opportunity, see this slow time as the perfect creative opportunity to start, start searching your own creative soul and finding what kind of work and stories and opportunities do you want to be coming your way next? Because if you're an actor, there are going to be times where you were in such high demand that you were playing the same role over and over and over again. And so what you need to do is to when that flow stops is to create a wave going in a new direction that's true to this new version of yourself that you've become through the process of doing all that other work. Like I've heard these actors talk about how when the perfect roles show up, they're always about, they're always that external world is mirroring something internal, a shift, a new question, a new thing to explore. Every step of the way, you can't just go back to who you were as a kid. There are some truths there. There's some power there to get kickstart personal work and, and work that's really true to you. But you are not the same person you were back then. You weren't the same person you were in the last busy season. And if you'll use that quiet time to be your busy time, to be your loudest time where you're saying the most, the next season will make its way soon enough. The next busy season will start flowing your way. And I also heard Duncan Trussell talk about how he's a kind of psychonaut comedian podcaster guy. Talk about how when he starts acting with active energy, that that's when he starts seeing synchronicities in his life. And you don't have to be a mystic weirdo who's down with the synchronicities to feel uh, the desire for activation in your everyday life. We all want things to be happening, things to be moving when we're not in a rest season. And so if you aren't in a rest season or you need things to be happening, if you start taking action, you'll be blown away by how active things can become no matter how still and slow things are on the outside.
So we try to end every episode with a creative call to adventure, the CTA of this idea, because I don't think it's enough to just have a cool idea that makes you feel some hope and some excitement and some pep. You actually have to have an, an active way to instantly put it to practice for it to make any difference in your world. So we're going to get to that in one second. But to recap, number one was see the slow times as the biggest creative opportunity that there is. There is no better way to practice creativity and get into the deep work like a slow, quiet space. And if you'll see it as the opportunity that it is, you can take advantage of it with number two, which is to use that space to get loud. Use the quiet space to get loud, to generate your own material. And the third and the creative call to adventure for this week is to start with just one word. Whenever I talk to creators that don't see themselves primarily as writers, there's usually a lot of pushback. There's a lot of pushback in myself because I'd never Growing up, I'd never seen myself as much of a writer. Uh, I, I think that um, I did write a lot of stories when I was little, uh, but by the time you start getting into the rules of writing, I just felt like this is impossible in terms of uh, staying in the same tense of, of verbs and knowing what the heck an adverb is even is like. See, I even said, is even, I don't know. I can't even put the words in the right order, damn it. But, um, <laughs> you know, so eventually I started thinking like, yeah, writing's not really my creative thing. But over time, I realized that in the same way that business is much more than the tax law and um, writing is much more than the laws of the words, they're actually an afterthought. That's the editor's problem. And even if that editor is you, after you've let the flow happen. Writing is about words. It's about speaking. It's about letting out the meaning that is within you through the vessel of your words. And if you are someone who is stuck, you don't know what to write about, you don't know if you can even write, I would recommend starting with just one word. Now, this is inspired by my spouse, uh, Sophie Miller. She is a textile artist. And at the start of this new year, she gave herself freedom to not be generative in terms of sales and money and, and not put the pressure on having finished products in her creative work. If you want to dive deeper into that idea, go to episode 400. We did a whole conversation together exploring that idea of the anti-goal. And so when you're in a slow time and you don't even have the option to be generative uh, financially with your creative work, you can use that time in a similar way that Sophie is, even though that's not why she chose to do that. She just felt compelled. And what she did was she chose to write her own source material without stringing sentences together, stringing words together in a sentence, but instead just picking one word. Everyone here can do that. You can pick one word that has a 
particular psychic energy and charge that is compelling you and inspiring you. And so for Sophie, it was the word roots. And it was the idea of putting down roots. And there was a whole bunch of personal reasons why that word was just creatively uh, fused with energy and spark and, and had so much different metaphorical uh, language and power that could be explored over a long period of time. She plans to explore that for an entire year, just one word. And you can look at idioms and phrases and um, reinvent it. And, and in the visual symbolism, like there's so many different ways that, you know, roots can look like so many other things. And um, you can mash up roots with other images and all of a sudden they have different meaning. And there's so much you can do when you will just explore one thing deeply, when you get to the bottom of just one thing. And for me personally, I started thinking about I've kind of been in a weird zone this year, I've had a hard time getting into that space of what is my word and what do I want to explore? You know, one of the words that came up for me was essential essence. That was a big thing for me. And, uh, and, and I still think that is, but I actually feel like it puts me in a good place to relate to you if you're struggling to find your word. I'll tell you something that has helped me get somewhere with it. And it's kind of stupid in a way, but I, it really did help me. Uh, instead of thinking of the meaning, instead of thinking of like, what's the profound philosophical thing that I need to share through my work, forget all that. And just start with the image, just start with the attraction, like just start with what is the thing that has seemed really cool. And I've spoke about this a few times on the show and it feels a bit ridiculous, but it's true for me. It's snakes. <laughs> I keep thinking about snakes. I don't know why. I don't know. Like recently we went on a walk and saw hundreds of snakes. There was a whole pile of snakes. It was kind of disturbing actually. Um, but for some reason I've gone back into this weird fascination with snakes uh, as, as an image, as this like cool, like I remember I got this temporary tattoo when I was a kid um, that was a cobra and it was maybe it was on fire. Like, I don't know. But I was like, this is the coolest thing in existence. Um, and there's some some reason why me at age 36, I've started to be really attracted to that symbol for some reason. It's been psychically charged as an image. And I started thinking about uh, and this is kind of what I'm calling you to do. Start thinking about whatever that thing is and start peeling back the layers, uh, not unlike shedding of the snake skin, <laughs> but start diving deeper into what could I glean from ruminating and, and meditating on this word and this image. You know, for me personally, I started thinking about the shedding of the snake skin and how I have felt like I ha I'm leaving a place. I'm leaving certain aspects of my personality or my past or my creative um, outlet or identity that really fit perfectly and were an excellent protector, like a very 
uh, a powerful home and I'm leaving those behind and I'm feeling the vulnerability of stepping into something new. And that's exactly what happens to a snake when they're in the middle of molting and they're shedding the old and they're uh, stepping into the new or slithering into something new. That skin is more vulnerable. They are in a dangerous spot and they, and they know it. And that's why they're going to choose those moments wisely. And I have felt like this is a moment where I get to do that. That's a, this is a moment where it's time to start stepping into a new season even though I get the sense that it is a vulnerable space and that vulnerability is difficult to step into and new things are difficult to step into because of that reason. And so I don't know if that's why snakes, I don't think snakes are going to be my word this year, but, but I have been enjoying painting and drawing snakes and, uh, and uh, embodying that kind of imagery. I don't know if that's what my word would be, but what I want to encourage you to do is to start just with one word, write down one word and you are writing. And if you can't find it within yourself to snake together multiple words and sentences and paragraphs and, and write your own articles and write your own books and write your own roles, just write down one word and use your creative medium to explore that from all these different angles. And you can use this slow time to be your busiest season, to be your biggest creative opportunity. You can use this quiet time to be the loudest you've ever been. Even if that's just you on a podcast shouting snakes. Massive shout out to the lifeblood of this show, which is you. If you are a Patreon backer of this show, we could not do this show without you, literally. If you have been listening throughout this year, you might have noticed there's been a few episodes where we haven't been fully booked with sponsors. And the only way that we were able to produce this show is you, because there are, there are a lot of, uh, to, to, to create Creative Pep Talk at this time, um, in my creative practice, when I have a lot of other obligations creatively and to host a show of this size, as well as editing and transcripts and all the other hidden fees and, and elements of making a show like this, the only way I could afford to do that is the Patreon backer. So thank you so much. You are the lifeblood of the show. We so appreciate you. We are always looking for ways to invest in that community. So thank you so much. If you're able to uh, afford a few bucks a month to back this show, we would really, really appreciate it. You can go to patreon.com slash creative pep talk and back the podcast there. If you do that, you'll get access to little uh, mini episodes that I've done over the years. And we've started to add deep dish with extra pep um, on there, which are uh, additional resources and ideas and, and thoughts on episodes that we put here today. I'm going to post a deep dish with extra pep that is diving a little bit deeper into a practice that Jason Siegel mentioned in that clip and kind of how I've done these things for myself, a way of making that busy, staying busy, 
generative portion of the slow times not feel like work, but feel like play. Uh, I think there's some really interesting stuff there that I'm going to dive into. If you can't afford to back the show financially, we don't want you to. We want Creative Pep Talk to be a, a, a creative gift to your practice that helps you level up, not level you down. And if that's you and you'd still like to support the show, there are a bunch of ways you can support the show that don't involve money at all. If you share this episode with a friend on text or through social media, that is a game changer for us. That is how we've built this show is listeners like you sharing it with other people. Uh, And if you want to take it even another step, if you rate and review the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, that. Uh, tells the algorithm that people are active in this community and it causes it those spaces to make the show more visible and that really really helps so we'd really appreciate it thanks Huge thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Thanks to Connor Jones of Pending Beautiful for editing the show and for his lovely, fun sound design that really elevates this whole thing. And thanks to Ryan Appleton, Katie Chandler, and Sophie Miller for podcast assistance and inspiration and help of all sorts and kinds. And thanks to all of you for listening. And until we speak again, stay pepped up. Stay pepped up.